everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Last week, you heard just a sampling of the riveting, historical, and moving must-read as recounted by nationally acclaimed author, speaker, and writer of multiple books, Seven Keys to Hearing God's Voice, Nobody Knows the Harry T. Burley Story, and a personal favorite of testimony, Praying the News, with co-author and CBN co-host, Wendy Griffith, and this, just for starters. And now, with his latest must-read, I Am Cyrus, Harry S. Truman, and the Rebirth of Israel, my next guest makes the case, and brilliantly so, on the origins and rebirth of the land of the Bible, Israel, and why supporting this jewel of the nations of the world is just as critical now as it was then. Here to elaborate on this and more in part two of our conversation today is its author, a wonderful honor indeed. Please welcome Dr. Craig Von Buzek. Craig, welcome back to Testimony. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you again, Jensine. Thank you so much. Well, it's great to have you now. Off the record, I asked you about the origins of your own name. Can you share a little? <laughs> sure. Um, my family is from just north of Frankfurt on my father's side. And so this is, uh, there are a couple towns, one, call, one is called Grossenbuzik and one is called Altenbuzik. And so because we were uh, involved in the aristocracy years ago, uh, we were given the title Vaughn. So the name is Vaughn Buzik. And so the joke is, uh, because my mother's family was from the uh, Hamburg area, we had Frankfurters on one side and Hamburgers on the other. <laughs> That's funny. Touche on that one. Um, in our last segment, we just barely <laughs> covered the surface of all that is in your latest great read. I am Cyrus, so let's get right to it. Question. In our last segment, you rounded off our time together with Eddie Jacobson and his relationship with President Truman and how that helped in the critical days prior to the rebirth of Israel. Can you just recap that for our listeners and then let's get into why so many people believe that Israel stole Palestine from the Arabs and why you refute that. Well, Eddie Jacobson and Harry Truman met as very young men. Eddie was a clerk in a men's clothing store, something that he did for a living for his entire life. Uh, although later he became the owner with Harry Truman in a men's clothing store and then the owner of his own store later on. Truman was a bank clerk. And so when World War I broke out, both Eddie Jacobson and Harry S. Truman went to war together. Back then, a whole community would fight together. They wouldn't mix them up. And so they had to choose a leader for this particular regiment. And uh, because Harry Truman was a little bit older and had a little bit more business experience, the leadership called on Truman during basic training down in Oklahoma to start a canteen, a little store where they would sell things like shoe polish and, and sticks of gum and soda pop, things that they couldn't get from the Army 
you know, and they wanted to buy separately for the soldiers. And what Truman found out was that there were several of these little canteens on this very large military base, but many of them were going bankrupt. And he didn't know why, but then he, he thought, you know, I need to get some help. And he knew that Eddie Jacobson had retail experience, so he called Eddie in and he said, how about if you work with me on this? Uh, what would you recommend? And so Eddie Jacobson had said, it's all about cash flow. They're going out of business because when times are hard, they don't have the backup cash. He said, so what we need to do is we need to make sure that we've got plenty of money set aside so that when times are good, we've got plenty of money. When times are bad, we still have enough money to survive. And so he said, well, how do we do that? And he said, well, let's borrow $2 from every single person in our division and then we'll pay it back with interest. I mean, this guy's a great businessman, right? <laughs> and so they did that, and the canteen flourished. And the brass, you know, the officers saw that Truman was doing so well, and that is one of the reasons why he was given a promotion to captain. And that promotion put him on the track to then go into politics after he left the Army. First of all, he and Eddie started this men's clothing store in Kansas City after the war, and it did great for a year, but then there was a post-war recession, and the business went bankrupt. But then right after that, Harry was approached by the local party bosses to run for a position, kind of like a county councilor position, and that was the beginning of his career, which happened in large part because he became an officer, a captain in World War One, and he had Eddie Jacobson in to thank for that. So they remained friends throughout their lives, uh, really like brothers, all the way up until Eddie passed away. So it's a wonderful story that is the anchor of this book, and it's a, an incredible way to show that uh, just simple relationship of two guys from Kansas City could have later on an unexpected impact, not only on history, but on the fulfillment of prophecy. It's a remarkable story. Amen and amen, and you have so many remarkable stories in your book. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to author Dr. Craig Von Busick, his latest must-read, I Am Cyrus. So to reiterate, there are many people today who believe that Israel stole Palestine from the Arabs. You refute that notion in your book. Tell us why. Well, there are very few countries in the world that can take their history back connected to their homeland for 3,000 years, but the Jews are able to do that. And if anyone is truly a thinking person and not just going from what they're being told by a particular political movement or religious movement, if they're a real thinking person and they're honest, then they can look at the history and they can also look at the amazing archeology span that is being discovered in the Holy Land, in Israel, to verify the fact that the Jews have been in that part of the world for 3,000 years. And they would have been there through the last 2,000 years, but they were pushed out by the Romans who wanted to occupy that area and who basically were blaspheming God, which is why the Jews rose up in opposition to the Romans. The Romans defeated them, pushed them out of the land, Titus, who was the emperor after the Barcova revolt, which happened in AD 135, 
he said, I want all the Jews out, and I want the name Israel expunged, and he renamed it, as I said last week, they called it Syria Palestinia, which became known as Palestine, and they named Palestine after the Jews' ancient enemies from the Old Testament, the Philistines, just to kind of rub their nose in the defeat. And we know that the Jews were then cast to the winds and were dispersed all around the world. But then every year at Passover, uh, the last thing that they would say in the Passover Seder meal to each other was, next year in Jerusalem. So you can take the people out of the homeland, but you can't take the homeland out of the people. And so they knew that one day they would return to their promised land. And that took place over time, beginning in the 1880s. And people need to remember, and one of the things that I show in the book is that when Mark Twain, the great American author, went to the Holy Land in the 1860s, he said it was a barren wasteland. There was hardly any grass, hardly any vegetation or trees. People lived in tents. And there was all kinds of malarial swamps, and it had become a desert because the Turks didn't see it as their their land. They just saw it as another portion of their empire where they could pull taxes from. And so they did not care for it, and it went into decline. There were not a lot of people that lived there. Uh, but we need to remember, yes, the majority of the people who were living there were Arabs, but that was because the Turks were not letting the Jews into their homeland. Had the Turks let the Jews into their homeland very quickly, it would have been a Jewish population that would have been larger. However, there was always a certain amount of Jews that lived around Jerusalem and other parts of the Holy Land for all of the years of Diaspora, from the Bar Kokhba revolt all the way up to the 1880s. There were Jews living in the land with the Arabs, with the Christians. We need to remember that there were always Christians living in the land, especially around Jerusalem. And so what happened in the 1880s is that these pioneers went in there and they started to take dynamite and blow up the rocks that were hindering uh, the plows from going into the soil. And then they drained the malarial swamps, and many people sadly lost their lives to malaria as they were doing this. And David Ben-Gurion talks about how he had gotten malaria and almost died because he was working on these crews that were plowing up these fields. And these fields were sandy and dusty, and so at first nothing would grow. But then Baron Rothschild out of France, who was a Jew himself, sent advisors to help them. And they started to plant grass, like uh, ocean grass, which took root. And when it would die, it would create soil. They started to plant citrus, which did very well in the dusty, rocky soil or uh, sandy soil. But then the thing that really took off was they planted vineyards. And the vineyards love that sandy soil. And to this day, there are the most magnificent vineyards and citrus throughout the Holy Land. And so that was where they started to take root, and then the population grew. And one of the things that I remind people is that after World War One, the League of Nations in the Paris Peace Accord verified through what was called the San Remo Declaration that the Jews would be given Palestine. The international community voted on that, and it was part of international law after World War I. The Jews did not steal the land that was theirs to begin with, and they certainly didn't steal it from the Arabs, because they went in and they said, we understand that some of the Arabs are living in this land. We could live side by side and in 
peace. And so I say to people who say that the Jews stole this land, I say, let me ask you a question. How many Arab nations are there in the world? Well, the answer is 22. And then I ask, how many Muslim nations are there in the world where it's, the population is primarily Muslim? The answer is 50. And then I say, how many Jewish nations are there in the world? The answer is one. And people want to take away this one little territory the size of New Jersey that the Jews have been living in for 3,000 years? When you look at it from this perspective, you see that there is no argument for saying that the Jews stole the land of Palestine. It was theirs, and they just returned to it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to a nationally acclaimed author, speaker, writer, and so much more, Dr. Craig Von Buzek. In his latest must-read, I Am Cyrus, Harry S. Truman and the Rebirth of Israel. You can learn more about Dr. Buzek's work, ministry, and mission by visiting vonbuzek.com and inspiration.org. You will be blessed, informed, and yes, inspired that you did. Dr. Buzek, Craig, thank you again for taking precious time to share more of your amazing must-read, I Am Cyrus, a great, inspiring, and impactful read outlining the history and the heart of the Jewish people in obtaining the dream of their God-given biblical promise, but denied at every turn, and why your book reveals not only the depth of that struggle, but the victories that would come and the key players of history that would persevere to make this happening. We thank you and God bless you. Jensina, it's an honor to be with you. Thank you for having me. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony.